This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Bruchem Aboim. Welcome everyone to a special edition of All Parsha on Parshas Vayetze, the Baal Haturim on Parshas Vayetze. This week I just want to focus on one comment of the Baal Haturim. Parshas Vayetze, Parak Chavches, Pasuk Yud, opening Pasuk of the Parsha. Vayetze Yaakov. And Yaakov went out. Says the Balaturim, Yesh Oimrim, some say Shaparsha Zu Susuma, that this Parsha is sealed. In other words, Parsha Svayetse enjoys a very unique phenomenon. Namely, typically, a Parsha begins on the next line. Parsha Svayetse, according to some, is sealed. Why, says the Balaturim? Lefi Sheyatsa Beseser Uvarach Behechave. Because Yaakov left in secrecy and he ran away in concealment. And therefore, the parsha is sealed shut. Now, it's not sealed shut like Vayichi. Vayichi, you wouldn't even know it's a new Pasuk. The end of Vayigash and the beginning of Vayichi, there's only one space in between the end of the last Pasuk of Vayigash and the beginning of Vayichi. Nevertheless, Vayitzi is sealed shut in the sense it doesn't begin on the next line. It's like a Peor and uh, the Balaturim seems to be saying, the reason for that is Yaakov Avinu ran away in concealment and in hiding. But the question is, okay, just because Yaakov ran away in concealment and hiding, why does the Parsha have to be sealed shut? What does the Parsha being sealed have to do with Yaakov running away? Simply, the Balaturim is understood as a remez. Since Yaakov Avinu ran away in concealment, Therefore, this is alluded to in the fact that the parsha is sealed shut. However, Reb Simcha Zisel, Broida, in his classic work, which is par- uh, primarily on the Ramban, Sam Derech, offers an incredible approach to understanding this Balaturim, and many other Mamori Chazal found throughout Bereshis, if I may, for a more extensive treatment of the subject, please uh, see our shir, our class on TorahAnyTime.com, called Parshas Vayetzei, Words of Tyra, DNA of the Universe. We also wrote this up in our humble Sefer, Magadarakia, on Parshas Taldois. Here's the idea in a nutshell. There are many other Divrei Chazal that seem to be very perplexing that could be understood um, in a very revolutionary approach. One interesting thing is, you know, Yaakov, you know, we know he ran away. Where was he hiding? Where did he run away to? So Rashi, in Vayetzei, on the Pasuk Vayishka Bamakai Mahu, Rashi says he slept in that place, but the 14 years that he served in the base Aver, he didn't sleep at night because he was learning Torah. So Rashi says that Yaakov Avinu was hiding in the Yeshiva of Aver. Likewise, Rashi at the end of Chayesara says that from the lifetime of Yishmael, we can discern that Yaakov spent 14 years serving in the base Aver. Rashi likewise says the same thing in Parshas Taldois, Parakhaf Ches Pasuk Tes. So this is a very, a, an idea that we're all familiar with. Yaakov Avinu spent 14 years learning in Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. But why didn't the Torah say explicitly that Yaakov Avinu spent 14 years learning in Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever? Are we, are we embarrassed about it? Is this something that we're ashamed about? That every single time... There's any reference to Yaakov learning 14 years, it's always in a roundabout way. It's, it's always in an unclear way. It's never explicit. Why does the Torah never explicitly say Yaakov Avinu spent 14 years learning in the Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever? Furthermore, 
and this to me is the most perplexing question, Esav was looking for Yaakov, and he looked everywhere. Why didn't Esav look at the most obvious hiding spot, namely the yeshiva, and what kind of hiding spot is this? Yaakov Avinu seriously hid out in the yeshiva? I mean, that, that's where he spent his whole life. Where exactly was Esav looking? Esav was looking in the pool halls, in the uh, bowling alleys. Yaakov Avinu went nowhere other than the Beis HaMedrash. So why couldn't Esav find him? What exactly is this hiding spot? How was Yaakov Avinu able to hide there? So, I would like to uh, explain this concept this, that's offered by Rav Simcha Zisol, um, based on a great chiddush of Rav Aaron Cutler. We know that in Judaism, the foundation principle is that we were created for the afterlife, for Olam Haba. Olam Olam Haba. The Rebbe Hashem created us for no other purpose other than to shower us with the ultimate kindness, namely to be mezdabek to him, to Hishchina, in Olam Haba. And the reason we have to be in this world is we need to earn it because if we would go straight to Olam Haba, we would be what is called Nahama Sufa, embarrassed bread. We would not appreciate our reward. Now, Olam Haba is so important. So then why doesn't the Chumash talk about Olam Haba? Why is Olam Haba not mentioned anywhere explicitly in the Chumash? And this is such an important question. The Kliyakar in Parshas B'chul Kaisai gives ten answers to this question. But Rav Aaron Cutler says uh, really an amazing approach. The Zohar HaKadosh teaches us, and this is quoted by the Nefesh HaChayim in Shardalat Perak Yud, Istakel ba'iraisa ubara'ama. God looked into the Torah and he used the Torah to create the world. The Torah is the clay umanos of HaKadosh Baruch The Torah is the um, tool, the artisan tool, with which the Rebbe Hashem created the world. He created the world with the Torah. As the Zoyar HaKadosh says in Parshat Shuma, Dechad Barakot Ama, when God created the world, Istakel Ba he gazed at the Torah, Ubara Ama. Uva Oiraisa Ispri Ama. And the Nefesh HaChayim goes on to quote that when the Rebbe Hashem created heaven and earth, he merely looked at the Pasuk, and that's how he created the Shamayim, and that's how he created the Aretz. <clears throat> the Torah is the tool with which God used to create the world. Now, if somebody were to hire an architect, to draw up plans for a building. And the builder would go ahead, and in the building, you notice that there's no living room in the building. And you ask the builder, why is there no living room in the building? And the, architect, and the builder said, well, I was just following the architectural plans. The architect did not draw a living room in the plans. Well, if, there no living, if, there, if there's no living room in the plans, there won't be a living room in the building. Because the builders merely followed architectural plans. The reason why Olam Habas, says Rav Aaron Cutler, is not mentioned in the Chumash explicitly, is because if it were to say Olam Haba in the Chumash, then Olam Haba would have to be in the open reality. It would be something we would see and perceive, and God wanted it that, God wanted it, you have to, when you're there, you'll know you're there. Until then, nobody knows what it is. Otherwise, there would be no free choice. And the only way to ensure that nobody can see Olam Haba with the physical eye is if it's omitted from the architectural plans in the 
open design. In other words, the words of the Chumash are the open reality of creation. Certainly there is Eilam Haba, because it is discussed in the Torah, and the oral law, and the oral law corresponds to sort of the hidden dimension of reality. But the written law corresponds to the open reality, and because Rebbein Shalom did not want Eilam Haba to be in the open reality, he had to remove it from the architectural plans, he had to remove it from the document. Says Reb Simcha Zisol Breida. <clears throat> the reason why Esav cannot find Yaakov Avinu is because the Torah took out of the open text that Yaakov spent 14 years learning. Yes, sure, it says Vayishka Bamakamahu, from which we could figure out he slept there, but he didn't sleep the 14 years in Yeshiva Shem Ever. And sure, we could figure out that Yaakov Avinu learned 14 years from the years of the life of Yishmael. And sure, we could, uh, as Rashi points out, there are 14 missing years in Yaakovina's life. But once the Torah omits in the open text that Yaakov learned 14 years, it will not be in the open reality. And Yaakov could be sitting and learning in the Beis HaMedrash in his regular spot, and Esav could go to the shul, to the Beis HaKnesses, to the Beis HaMedrash, and he could be sitting next to Yaakov, and he doesn't recognize him, he doesn't perceive him, because if it's not, in the open text, just like Olam Haba, which is not in the open text, so it won't be in the open reality. The fact that Yaakov is learning in the Yeshiva Shem Ever is also not in the open reality. The words of Torah create the reality of existence. Let's give <coughs> another example. In next week's parsha, Parsha's Vayishlach, it talks about the animals that Yaakov Avinu sent to Esav. So the Pasuk says, Gemalim meini kois shleishem. This is Rashi, Lamed Beis Tezvav. So Rashi is bothered, all the other animals, it says the male and the female, and here it says the nursing Gemalim 30, and it means and their children with them. But Rashi brings a medrash, Uvenehem, meaning they're builders, a male corresponding to a female. So why doesn't it say the male? Well, because they um, have relations in a modest manner, the Torah does not publicize the fact that there were males with the females, but the males were there, but to indicate that the, fe- that the camels have relations discreetly, the Torah doesn't speak about the males openly. So we typically learn this Rashi to mean that the fact that the males are not mentioned is a remez to the discreet practices of the camel. Says Reb Simcha Zisel, no, it's just the opposite. It's not that by writing the males discreetly, it's a remez to their discreet practice. It's once the Torah writes the male hiddenly, that creates the new biological, physiological reality that camels are more sanuim than other animals. It's not that the way the Torah writes it is a remez to their behavior. Their behavior is literally created through the formulation with which the Torah records the way they came from Yaakov to Esav. And therefore, says Rav Chazisal, it's the same thing with Parshas Vayetze. What was the method that the Rebbeinu used to conceal Yaakov Avinu. Yeah, we mentioned the fact that he wasn't learning. Um, the fact that he was learning for 14 years is not mentioned openly, so that sort of took it out of reality. But furthermore, 
by the Rivanisham, so to speak, fusing together, Parshas told us in Vayetze, without any opening, without any space, that created a certain concealment and cover, and uh, it provided a hiding spot for Yaakov. How did Yaakov hide? By fusing together the Parshiyos. That created a certain realm of hiddenness for Yaakov Avinu. So it's not that Parshas Vayetze being a Parsha Susuma, is a remiss to the idea that Yaakov Avinu was hiding, just the opposite. The fact that Parsha Vayetze is a Parsha Susuma is the method with which the Rebbein used to create the reality that Yaakov Avinu was hidden. And this gives us um, a new perspective on learning Chumash in general. We're not reading a work of ancient history. We're not reading a document that records past events, this document literally creates the reality of the history and the future of the Avais, of their children, and of Klal Yisrael for all time. The Torah is a Torah's Chaim. It's not a book of the past. It literally creates the future. So, this is the uh, deeper dimension of the opening Balaturim this week's Parsha. It explains why Yaakov Avinu's 14 years were not recorded explicitly. This gives us insight into why Olam Haba is not explicitly mentioned in the Chumash and uh, a very important insight into Rashi and Vayishlach regarding the Gemalim. And this is an idea that is applicable and uh, manifests itself literally throughout Bereshus and throughout the whole Torah. Wishing everyone a wonderful rest of the week and Parshas Vayetze, Haba Olinu Latayva. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.